Welcome to the Readerly Report. Your hosts are Gail Weiswasser and Nicole Bonilla. We hope you will enjoy our candid book conversations, recommendations, and observations on the reading life. Thanks so much for joining us. Okay, so welcome to another edition of the Readerly Report. Today, Gail and I are going to be discussing the books um, that have been turned into movies and are out this fall. And I think we should add a few books that have made it to series um, that are also out this fall. So we have a few things. And there are such, there is a ton, or there are a ton, (laughs) of things that are out like this. This, you know, the book business and the movie business are sort of booming. I think that movies have always looked to books as source materials, but especially since there's so many different networks Mm -hmm. that are looking for material, we are just, we just have a wealth of these, these adaptations that are really exciting. So of course we chose the ones that, you know, based on books that we would read or based on um, movies that we would like to see because otherwise, I mean, even still there are too many of them, but we're not trying to tell you about everything is what I'm saying. No, no, we're just picking out the ones that we're excited about. So before we get into that, are we at a weird golden moment where you and I are reading and listening to the same book? Yes. Oh my God. That never, ever happens. No. it's We have to commemorate. It's like a blood this. moon or something. I know. Exactly. So Nicole and I both started listening to the same book two days ago, I believe. Wasn't that just Mary, Mary B? Yeah. Mary B by Catherine Chen, which is um, a fictionalized telling of Pride and Prejudice from the perspective of Mary, the oft ignored middle sister. <laughs> Poor Mary. And poor Mary. Um, So I'm like uh, maybe 30 pages in. I'm not very far in. I'm not even that far in. So okay, not too much of a progress report. But like I think I had mentioned it when we talked about this last week that the language and just the setting, the way she sets it, seems like it's very much in that world. And that's just so exciting to me. Yes. This is just like another one of like no one can get enough of Pride and Prejudice. Right. It's just, it's too, it's, it's too finite. We all want more. And so then, you know, the like never ending spawn of, you know, retellings and zombies and everything. Here's Longborn from the basement told by the support, you know, the the, the servants. Right. Yeah. If she were alive, she, or yeah, if she were alive today, she'd probably feel similarly about Pride and Prejudice. I think the way Sir Arthur Conan Doyle felt about Sherlock Holmes. He just wanted to kill him (laughs) because he wanted to be sick of it. He wanted to write and do other things. And, you know, if she were around today, we'd all be like, um, can you write pride and prejudice part 13? (laughs) Right. But I think she would be so honored to see what her book had done. Just like the, the passion and, and love that it has, you know? Yeah. You know, it's nice that we've made such strides that women can now see their accomplishments in their own time. Because, you know, back when she was writing, I mean, you may not even have been publishing under your own name, none of your friends. I mean, it really was like a labor of love. Right. So yeah, now, 
Yeah, different time. Okay, so that's what we're both listening to. And are you reading A Place for Us? I am reading A Place for Us. Um, I actually okay. have a book club discussion of it this evening. I oh. am on page 249 out of... What, it's like 368. 300, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I'm counting or anything. Right. My arc says 383. I expect maybe it's a little bit longer than the okay. original book. So... As soon as I get off of here, I will definitely be hunkering down to see if I can finish like this last 120 pages. Um, I don't know. I might not make it if I don't. It's something I'll finish up in the next couple of days. So I know. um, Are you still finding it really slow? I am finding it slow. I mean, I'm on the beginning of part four. So I think I'm about maybe 50 pages ahead of you or right. maybe a little less than that. So uh, yeah, I'm still finding it slow, but I'm I, the end is in sight. So that's making me feel a little more hopeful. <laughs> I think it's so good though. Oh my gosh. Like I really love these characters and getting to know their lives and why they made the decisions that they made. Um, really interested, really interested in the brother story and how, they are framing the story because basically it's about the relationship between two families and one you get a lot of detail about and one you just see through, you see the Ali's through the eyes of um, this family. I don't, right. I don't know their last name. I think it's about the relationship that each of this family has with the brother. Let's wait till we both finished it. Yeah. And we can I mean, it, it's about that discussion. too, but you still see how they mirror each other. Um, I don't know. I really like it though. Like I really feel for everybody. (laughs) Yeah. So more discussion on that. Um, pick up a place for us and read along when we discuss in a couple of weeks. And so now we're going to jump into books and, uh, books and movies and movie series. All right. So I'm excited because one of my all time favorite books, top five, up there with Pride and Prejudice, has been adapted into a movie, and it just came out. Really? What's this? Yes. Well, of course, I haven't seen it yet, nor will I anytime soon. Um, It's Belcanto by Ann Patchett. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. I had that. um, I looked at that because I was thinking I really liked Belcanto, and the interesting thing about Belcanto is that it is super polarizing. Like, either you love this book or you hate this book. Um, I, I really loved it. You st- I really loved you it You sort too. of have to suspend disbelief and allow yourself a little bit of magical thinking with it, but it's just such a beautiful, such a beautiful book. And the story is still, I feel like it's still really timely. Yeah, I agree. So who's in I, it? Julianne Moore plays the opera singer character who's I mean it's been a long long time since I read I know this is a book that I legit could read I just remember that it's sort of a hostage situation yeah so there's um a uh ambassador in a I think unnamed South American country yes invites a very famous opera singer to come to a party and entertain sing for his gathering and that night um, there are some uh, some rebels who come and take hostages of the people in the embassy. So the opera singer, her host, and then a variety of the guests that are there become hostages to this group. And it's all about the relationships that develop not only among the hostages, but even between the hostages and the hostage takers. 
And um, I won't spoil it because, A, I don't remember all the details that well, but there's a few details that I'll leave out. But there's some romantic relationships that develop and there are some some deaths that occur. I mean, it's very dramatic. But I just remember it being just such a beautiful book. It's the book that really turned me on to Ann Patchett. And so this is out. It came out on the 14th, which is last Friday. Um, we're recording on the 20th. And um, it is, I, I haven't even read any reviews yet. It might suck. I have no idea, but I have to see it. I know. I hate, I have not seen very much about it. I know it was something I saw someplace and I looked at the date and I was like, oh, wow, that's out. It's out now because I was thinking, oh, Bel Canto should definitely revisit this because I know I loved it, but I don't have very many of the details. Um, right. Well, this will be on the, my list for when I can finally watch a movie, whether I see it in the theater or I see it at home. I'm really excited to see this one. I, I just like maybe I'll pull up Rotten Tomatoes and see how it's done. Right. I have no idea. Maybe it's in limited release. Uh, oof. Maybe they're doing like a, you know, the 20. the big markets and then it'll get wider release a little bit later. Yeah, maybe. Let's see. Um, I'm just looking here. Yeah, they look pretty positive. I'm just looking at Rotten Tomatoes. They look generally positive. There's, except for one that calls it a complete mess. Cheap and sh- <laughs> boring, <gasps> unnatural dialogue, emotionally manipulative plot developments. Uh, yeah, it's. I'm sure it's not perfect, like the book, but that's that okay. sounds like people who don't like magical realism. Yeah, they just can't appreciate this book. For we haven't even seen it. It could be horrible. So <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, let me ask you a question before we get further into this. For okay, let's say you've had a book on your TBR for a while and you haven't gotten to it, and now the movie's coming out. Do you feel pressure to get the book read before you see the movie, or do you look at it like, oh, great, now I don't need to read the book? Um, I don't look at it either way. I will probably still read the book. I have gotten away from. I know a lot of people think that you should read the book first. I think that they're usually so different. You're so disappointed, and they, or not disappointed, but they just end up being completely different animals. That I really don't think that it is um, any difference what you do first. Interesting, because either I'm happy if I've read the book and I kind of know what's going on. Um, then it's just sort of interesting for me to track the changes. If I haven't, and I, I'm just seeing the movie for the first time, and if I like it, then I'm always happy to read the book because I know that I'm going to be getting more detail. There's probably characters that they combined. So it's it's almost like getting a richer story. Mm-hmm. And then if I... Um, what am I thinking? If I don't like the movie, I still might take a look at the book and see if the description calls me and read it because they change things so much. Yeah. Like based on the book could literally mean, oh, we took these two characters and this point of view, but then we just created completely different things. I mean, like when you look at something like Girl on the Train, you know, they moved it, they moved, they changed the location, which I think changes the flavor of the book. It's just sort of not the same. Um, London and New York are not inter- <laughs> and Westchester. Yeah, they're not interchangeable. <laughs> right. right. So, yeah, and it just depends. I mean, there's some books that if I feel like I really love it, I do want to read the book first. But I just watched the, 
the mini uh, miniaturist by mm-hmm. Jesse Burton. They had the PBS miniseries, which you can probably still catch on PBS by demand, which was really good. But I know that I can read that book because there are so many questions that I had that yeah. um, that would be explained as opposed to you just seeing things visually and just not knowing a culture and not knowing what that really means. So, right. What about you? I have a different take on it. Yeah. So I am very fascinated by the process of adaptation and I love to see what do they change and, you know, how did the, like leaving characters out or changing plot development or, you know, is there a different tone or, you know, I, I, I'm sort of fascinated by that process. So Mm -hmm. for me, I really like to read the book first. Right. Or I like to read the original source first. And with these cases, it's almost always a book. Um, so I often will not see a movie because I haven't read the book yet. Mm. And that may mean I never see the movie, which kind of sucks. But um, I, I will always try to see the read the book before I watch it. But you can so that's track why I love the other way around, but you wouldn't want to do that. I'm like, oh, this I can, is but I like, yeah, but I like seeing, I like knowing what came first. So, like, if I see the movie, which was produced after the book, I can't appreciate the adaptation process until I've read the book. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I've read the book, I can I can appreciate it like as I'm watching it. Right. I don't know. I think I'm also less likely to read the book once I've read the movie because there's a, any element of suspense will be gone. Even though I know there's a lot of other things to appreciate from the book. So um, I, I, to my detriment, probably am more dogmatic about this than I need to be. And therefore I miss out on a lot of movies. So you are truly a one and done with <laughs> whether it's a book, <laughs> the movie. I haven't you figured out that I'm like that in most uh, parts of my life. You're like, I need to move on and get to the next thing. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. All right. So now we've established that. What, uh, what's on your list? Okay. So the hate you give Angie Thomas. Okay. Is, is due out in October. I have already read the book. Um, this trailer, just from the trailer, if you guys watch the trailer, um, this seems like this is going to be one of those adaptations that is a really good adaptation. I feel like I may have cried a little when I saw the trailer in the theater. It was very touching. Um, wow. So The Hate You Give uh, has, it's been all over the place. I feel like it's really captured a moment with things that are going on in this country. And it's basically about a teenage girl who is hanging out with her friend and they are pulled over by the police and it's two African-American teenagers and he is killed. So it's, it's just um, speaking to a moment of lots of things that are happening in this country and how she is able to I guess, synthesize this tragedy and to make meaningful choices in her life. And I I see this book everywhere. Everyone is reading it. Everyone loves it. It really quite literally just starts, um, just starts off very in such like an emotional place. It's not one of these books where you won't be drawn in immediately. Like stuff is happening just from chapter one, heavy stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's good. I'm also super excited because I was at this Random House event the other day, and she, Angie Thomas has another book that is going to be coming out in the spring. So I need to investigate the details a little bit more, but, you know, she is such a powerful and exciting voice, so I'm glad that she has something else in the works. Oh, that's great. 
I haven't read it yet. I had actually taken it out of the library for my kids over the summer and then they never got to it and I had to return it. But um, I, I'd like to read that book. It's so good. My mom read it. She really loved it. I mean, just like mm-hmm. everyone has loved it. She has gotten into conversations um, when she's seen people like reading it on the train and everyone just agrees. I mean, that first chapter though, is just sort of like immediate and old devastation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So my next one is, um, this is an Ian McEwen novel. This is actually the second Ian McEwen novel that has been adapted this year. This one is called the children act. It also came out on the 14th of November. I'm sorry, of uh, September. If you don't aren't familiar with this book, it is about a judge in England who, whose marriage is falling apart. And this is, she's played by Emma Thompson. And she is like a family court judge, I think, or maybe she's just a regular judge. I can't remember. And she has a um, case in front of her with a leukemia patient whose parents refuse to give him a blood transfusion because of uh, their religious beliefs. And so she goes to visit him, the boy, and it's all about, you know, should she intervene and force their hand and, you know, force the treatment, which will save his life or let him die without it. And it was uh, a good book and I'm excited to see the movie. It looks like the reviews are pretty good, at least the one I'm reading right now. Um, it's, you know, it's very emotional and it's kind of like, what is her role in this and why is she motivated the way she is? Gosh, it was so um, good, her, that book. Yeah. Oh, so you read it too? Yes. Yeah. It was a good book. Um, so I'm intrigued to read this one. This is actually the second Ian McEwan book that was adapted this year. The other one came out over the summer and that was on Chesil Beach. Oh. With Saoirse Ronan and remember who the other lead is um i read on chesil beach as well it's kind of an odd book did you ever read it no okay so it's about this couple newlywed couple in england in the 60s and they get married and now they're like on their honeymoon it's actually a really short book and they're on their honeymoon and they're trying to consummate their relationship and they just can't. Like they're inexperienced, they're scared, they're not communicating well, and they have trouble consummating it and it leads to the demise of their relationship. And it's all about this kind of miscommunication, lack of communication at this pivotal moment in their relationship and how it has these terrible effects down the road and how it affects them both their careers and their future relationships and all of that. Um, I did not see this movie either. It's on Um, Amazon prime. Oh, good. So that means I can see that (laughs) easily. Um, I'm looking this one up on rotten tomatoes too, just to see what the deal is. Expect a movie report next week. You have no excuses. (laughs) I will do it. And I always do a book versus movie post. So I'll try to do that too when I when I finally get to this one. Um, I don't know. It's it's. I'm curious to see how that one works out. I'm a big Ian McEwan fan generally. I don't like everything he's written, but uh, he wrote Atonement, which is one of my all time favorite books, and that was, I thought had a very successful adaptation. And I've seen the movie, which was great. I have not read the book, but I want to read the book. Um, so the movie that I was thinking about, it also has child in the title. It was an adaptation. Um, 
on PBS that had Benedict Cumberbatch in it, and it was called The Child in Time. He wrote two child books back to back, The Children Act and The Child in Time. I get them confused. What's The Child in Time about? Um, I read The Children Act. Um, It says, Stephen Lewis, a successful writer of children's books, is confronted with the unthinkable when his only child disappears in a supermarket. Stephen and his wife, Julie, quickly find themselves torn apart by the scale of their loss. It's a missing kid book. Yes. I was going to say, Gail, you got to get it. I think I'm done with the missing kid books. Really? I can't do all. You tap, I don't know. Just, you tapped so, out? Should, I think I'm done, yeah. You know, we're going to have to talk about the changes in your taste. You're not as grim as you used to be. <laughs> I need more escape. That's why. Right. I need, like, so you're like, <laughs> all the things are going on in my life. I need lighter books. Yeah, exactly. Right. I need books about Mary Bennett. <laughs> Um, not that she has the happiest life. I know. It's going to be your favorite book this year. You're going to be like that Mary Bennett. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So what do you have coming up? The Haunting of Hill House, um, Shirley Jackson. Um, this is probably the second, I I don't know. I feel like there's been quite a few remakes of The Haunting of Hill House. And of course it is about. I think that they have changed it for this adaptation. Like normally it's about these people who are invited to participate in a psychological experiment and they have to stay in this house. Um, Someone is doing a study on fear. But this, I think that they have sort of flipped the script a little and made it about a family who is experiencing the effects of this fear. So I don't know how they're going to set that up, but instead of having like strangers come together and things happen, this time as a family. I haven't read this book. I feel like I saw one of the adaptations, which I didn't really like. So I'm hoping that this one offers a little bit more, like it's more psychological or whatever. I don't know. I'm always on the fence with scary movies because they're never really truly scary. But this one, this one seems like it might have a little bit of... Um, Potential. Ooh, I think movies can be very scary. I don't like anything scary. I'm trying to see who's in it. Carla Eugenio, Timothy Hutton. It has a decent cast. Henry Thomas. Yeah. I like her. I like both, all those people. Um, yeah. Elizabeth Reeser. So, yeah. So, I will definitely check that out. It is out okay. on October 12th. Okay. Um, wait, actually it's a series that's going to be coming out October 12th on Netflix. On what? Netflix. Okay. So this has just, um, even jumped in my estimation. I feel like some, (laughs) some novels have a better chance with a series, like to make them more compelling or whatever. If you really get to know and invest in the family before things start happening. Right. So. Okay, so my next one, I'm not sure I can stomach it because it looks so unbelievably painful, but it also looks so good, is Beautiful Boy. Oh, that Um, was on my list. Oh, it was. I'm sorry to take one off your list. That's okay. I don't even know actually who wrote the book. Do you? The name of the author. It's uh, David Sheff. Yeah, the interesting thing about that is that the Meatball Shop, which is a restaurant in my neighborhood, started a book club. Oh, really? That's cool. Yeah, it is kind of cool because it's a smallish restaurant. So I think if they get like 30 to 40 people to sign up, they've basically booked out the restaurant and it's a book yeah. discussion. 
So on Monday, awesome. I'm going to go to their one for The Great Believer since I read it. But the book after this is Boy Erased. And I think I might try to go to that one as well. And I will report back. Okay, but that's a different book from this one. Boy Erased? Yeah, this is Beautiful Boy. Beautiful Boy. Oops. Yeah. Boy Erased is not about a boy whose parents send him to try to convert him from being gay. Yes. Okay, so this is a different book. This is um, a father. This is a nonfiction book, a father talking about his son son's addiction to meth. Ooh. Yeah. So he, the father wrote a, book, a memoir all about his son's addiction. And then I think that the son wrote a parallel book about his experience. And I don't remember what the son's book is called, but this one is Beautiful Boy, and it has been adapted into a movie with Steve Carell and Timothy Chalamet. So this book was adapted. I mean, it's the same title. It's Beautiful Boy, A Father's Journey Through His Son's Addiction. Right. Yeah. So it's the same title as the book. And um, it looks like it's all. I have, also based it on a nonfiction book called Tweet, Growing Up on Methamphetamines. Isn't that, is that what the son wrote? Maybe. Nick Chef? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's his son. So there were the two parallel books about their experiences with this addiction. And then I think the movie maybe combines the two into one story, you know, one movie that tells from both perspectives. Yeah, I saw that. If you've seen a trailer, like, it will make you cry. Yeah. I saw, I was about to say, I saw a trailer for this in the movies and it was super intense. Super intense. And I love Steve Carell and I think he has amazing range. He can be hilarious and he can be unbelievably touching. And I mean, you just, I don't know if I can stomach this movie. Like it looks so unbelievably powerful and emotional. It's from Amazon but, um, Studios. Oh, wow. Okay. But is it coming out in the theaters? Well, it's or coming out in the on theaters. Amazon? Okay. Um, I so wonder if I really they'll, if they'll dual release it. It says. I bet they will. Hmm. I bet they will. I haven't, I haven't read the, I have not read the book, but um, I would like to see this movie. Why don't you talk about Boy Erased? Um, I don't know much more about it than what you said. I haven't seen the trailer yet. I have it on my list here. Like I sort of made a... I think my kids saw the trailer. Uh-huh. Because they told me... Isn't it the kid from... Uh, the, the the lead in that movie has been in a lot of other movies. It, he was in Lady Bird. And I believe he was in... That super depressing movie with Casey Affleck mm. that took place in Boston. Well, I know that Russell Crowe and Nicole Kidman are in it. Okay. Um, I guess they're probably playing the parents. Yeah. Um, this Is it set in Australia or something? I don't know. Because aren't they both Australian? They are both Australian, but they... Well, yeah, but they play Americans so frequently. So who oh, knows? Yeah. This is coming out November 2nd. And like you said, it is about a boy whose parents send him away. It's about it's based on a memoir of the same name about a boy whose parents send him to be cured of homosexuality. Um, so, oh, so the boy, the lead, um, his name is Joe Alwyn. Lu- no, Lucas Hedges. Okay, Lucas Hedges. Lucas Hedges, and here are the movies he's been in. He's really good. He was in Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. He played uh, the son. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in Lady Bird. He played uh, a boy who turns out to be gay. And he was in Manchester by the Sea. That's the depressing movie with Casey Affleck from 2016. Right. 
he was in the TV series The Slack. Did you see that? Also an adaptation? Yes. So he is in he's been in a lot of really good things. I think he's very good. So Well, I, I think that the cast definitely looks promising. Yeah. Yeah, that I want to see that movie. So, I'll probably go to the book club and then see that movie. So I will have read and discussed it and I will be ready with all of my notes on what they changed and whether it was effective. Nice. <laughs> that, that is exactly my type of analysis. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So the last one I have on my list, I think this is out in theaters and it's killing me that I haven't seen it yet because I cannot wait to see this movie. It sounds so good. It's called Juliet Naked. Oh, I saw that. It, it is, is so good. You saw the movie? Yes. I didn't realize oh. it was a book. I don't think. It's a Nick Hornby book. Okay. Oh, is it really good? That's why they had Nick Hornby. Jo- it was really good. Oh, I'm dying to see it. Why don't you talk about it since you've seen the movie? So it is about this woman who basically she's with this man um, who she wants to have children and it becomes apparent that he does not. And he is super obsessed with like this obscure American sort of. I don't know, off the beaten path musician obsessed with him and they break up. But in the meantime, she has started writing to this musician and she's in London. He is, I believe they're in California somewhere, but as it turns out, he has some business in London and they meet and, you know, of course it will go from there. But so it's about their relationship, like his relationship with his, his choices and his youth, you know, his relationships with his children, you know, with her, it's sort of about coming to terms with some things that have happened in her past that might have, um, um, affected her expectations of life and her choices and just them getting to know each other. And it's a cute, it's a cute love story. I think that's, I think he specializes in those. Yes. Like about a boy. I've got to get to see this movie. Did you see, is it in the theaters right now? Um, I saw it two, three weeks ago. It's such okay. a small movie that I don't think it would stay in the in the theater that long. Did you read the book? No. Well, then you need no. to get to, you need to read the book. I know. I, this movie, I feel like I would make an exception. Uh huh. Just because it looks so good. It is. And I don't, it's so good. You should try to catch yeah. it while it's in the theater. All right. I'll see if I can find it. Um, okay, so those are the ones I had, but I also wanted to point out that this has been an amazing year for adaptations. Um, and again, I haven't actually seen any of these, but some other ones I just thought we should mention that came out in 2018, adaptations of famous books, obviously Crazy Rich Asians, which has gotten a tremendous amount of attention. I have not I seen I saw it. It's super cute. Yeah. My kids I have saw not been able to re- make it through the books. I feel like I could see it again just to look at all the costumes and all of the scenery. Yeah. It's, it's just like really I can, spectacular. Um, it's just, just a spectacle. I think I can forgo the books on this one. I started the book once. I kind of just didn't get that far. And I feel like I feel like I could forgo the book. It sounds like you're giving me leeway to do that, right? I think so. I mean, I try to read. The thing about Crazy Rich Asians is that there are just so many characters. And I felt like I had a hard time like making progress with the book because there's so many people that you're trying to get to know and whose stories yeah. you have to keep straight in the beginning. I think that once you push through and get past that, maybe it, you know, they're really fun when you know everyone. 
Um, yeah. I love the movie. I've, I've heard nothing but good things. I about think it. you can, I think you can forego the book. Okay. Um, ready player one. Also a book I didn't read major mood movie of the year of the summer. I guess it was, um, disobedience. I have not read that book. I can't even remember who wrote it, but it had an adaptation with Rachel McAdams and Rachel whites. That was apparently amazing. So, I would like to see that one too. And then of course, A Wrinkle in Time came out this summer too. Meryl Streep and I think Oprah's in it. Big, amazing cast, right? I don't right? think Meryl Streep was in that, was she? I think I saw it. I think it's, it's Reese Witherspoon. It's Mindy Kaling. It's Oprah Winfrey. Where did I come up with Meryl Streep? Uh, I don't know. Was it? You're, you're right. I'm looking at it right now. She's not in it. I don't even know where I came <laughs> up with that. You're right. Uh, Oprah Winfrey, Mindy Kaling, Reese Witherspoon, Chris Pine. Okay. Meryl Streep is not in this movie, officially. Um, she's happy to hear that. Yeah. She's been busy with her Mamma Mia. But she's going to be in Big Little Lies, too. So, Yes. Well, and also, speaking of TV adaptations on HBO, um, Big Little Lies, too, is coming out. And you also posted something on our Readerly Report, uh, Reader's Facebook group that the time traveler's wife is being adapted into a HBO series too. Yes. So I thought that was exciting news. That is exciting news. So hopefully we've given you some ideas of movies to stream or see or books to cram in before they come out in the theater. And I'm just going to mention a couple more. I'm just going to mention the titles. Um, There's another adaptation of, Little Women that's going to be coming out where Leah Thompson is Marmy. Oh, nice. Um, and My Brilliant Friend, I think in November. I don't know. It may be on HBO, but it's, you know, if you love the Elena Ferrante series, be on the lookout for that because that is going to be coming out. I believe it's in November. I don't think they had a trailer for that yet, which was sort of interesting to me that you can have something coming out eminently. Actually, no, that was Bird Box that I was thinking about that doesn't have a trailer yet. But it comes out December 21st. Maybe we should check in with these quarterly because I have um, some updates on things that that won't be out for a little bit. So, All right. Mary Poppins is coming out then too. Yeah. And Christopher Robbins, you know, based on Winnie the Pooh, that was out over the summer. With, oh, I saw that. With Ian, uh, Ewan McGregor. Yeah, I actually saw that one. How was it? Of all the movies we talked about, that's the right. one I've seen. It was good. It was really cute. Um, we took our six-year-old to it, and I think it was a little old for him. Mm-hmm. But I actually thought it was pretty well done. I like Ewan McGregor a lot, and um, it was sweet. It was had some darkness to it. Maybe that's why my son didn't like it, because it's you know sort of about this man who's like lost his youth sort of lost his way and there's some sad elements to it but it was good okay so i want to mention one book because i'm super excited about it it just came out i believe on september 18th and it's the (laughs) oh my gosh the seven and a half deaths of who something hardcastle yeah and now i'm going to get this confused because there's that other the Evelyn Hugo one? No, but I think it is Evelyn also. Yeah. The Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle by Stuart Turton. 
And I'm really looking forward to this. This has like, it's one of those sort of Groundhog's Day premises where the same person comes back in the same scene, but each time he comes back, he's a different character and he has to figure out who is going to murder this woman in order to prevent her murder. So I'm not sure what um, the conceit will be or however they are going to be managing our expectations with that one, but that just sounds really interesting. And it has been getting really good reviews, so I want to read that. I picked that one up at BEA, too. I'm excited to read it. So um, do you have anything else, any other pop-ins from the fall? I feel like I'm constantly finding out about new books for this fall. No, uh, there's a book that's gotten a ton of attention on the Spivey Book Club that is sitting in my BEA box, and I think I'll pick it up as The Dinner List. I don't think we've talked about that on here, have we? Um, No, we haven't. Don't pick it up because I can send it to you. No, 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 I have it. Oh, you have it. it. It's in in my box from BEA. Okay. It seems like people really like it. See, I kind of thought it was light. It was gonna would be light for me, which is why I have not read it. But okay. yeah, it is getting such rave reviews that I am curious. Basically, it's about this woman who is able to sit down. You know that question: if you could have a din- dinner party and anyone, you could have any guests. Which what would your guests be? And so she sits down with, I think, a mix of people. Like there might be some literary people, and it's supposed to tell you something. You know at the end of this dinner you figure out what's going on and it tells you something about her audrey hepburn is one of her guests and isn't there a family member too Um, someone who's died when sabrina arrives at her 30th birthday dinner she finds at the table not just her best friend but also three significant people from her past and audrey hepburn as the appetizers are served wine poured and dinner table conversation begins it becomes clear that there's a reason these six people have been gathered together. And it says it's delicious, but never indulgent, sweet with just the right amount of bitter. The dinner list is a romance for our times. Bon appetit. Yeah, I want to read that. <laughs> it's right. It's up, it's up your new alley. <laughs> yeah, right. More sweet and uplifting. So. You might like right, The Shortest well, Way Home. You should read Miriam's book. I know. I have that too. I will. So. I will. Uh, all right. Well, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Readerly Report. And if you'd like to talk about books with us on our Facebook group, we are the Readerly Report readers. So just do a search for that and send us a request and we'll prove it and have you in in no time. And if you listen to the podcast and then you enjoy what you hear, please feel free to recommend us to other book lovers Um, people who are looking to connect around books. I think we, you know, we cover a pretty wide range. I think so too. Something for everybody. So until then, happy reading. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Readerly Podcast. You can find issues of Readerly at readerlymag.com and you can find me, Gail, blogging at everydayiwritethebook, which is at everydayiwritethebookblog.com and Nicole at Linus's Blanket, which is linusesblanket.com. Please subscribe to the Readerly Podcast at iTunes or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Until next time, keep reading.